Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Annunciation Designs, helping your family call to mind the sacred in the midst of the ordinary. Visit AnnunciationDesigns.com. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 54. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and this is part one of our series on friendship and community. Today's chat is with Michelle Fanley and Emily Jaminette, longtime friends and co-authors of The Friendship Project. We're talking about practical tips for cultivating spiritual friendships, some saintly friends to look to as examples for growing in virtue, and a little about Michelle and Emily's own journey of friendship. Friends, I have been so excited about this series, and I know that making friends, especially as moms, has been a topic that you all have been interested in as well. Just as a reminder, you can support the show and access bonus episodes at patreon.com slash diapersanddisciples. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Michelle and Emily. Hi, Michelle and Emily. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having us, Amber. This is really a great podcast. We're excited to be with you today. Thank you. Um, I would love to start off and just have you guys tell us a little bit about you and your work and your families. Well, sure. Well, I'm Michelle, and um, I am a mother, a wife and a mother of four. I work full-time as a school nurse, but my uh, real true love and true passion is um, writing and speaking and running our Catholic Women's Conference, the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. And I'm blessed to have uh, my wonderful friend, Emily, to do all that right alongside with me. Hi, I'm Emily, and um, I have seven children, 19 to 2, so I'm parenting college down to a little toddler. Um, I've been married, I'm going on 20 years. And my daytime job is I just took a position as director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. And it's oh, a, neat. Yeah, national organization promoting the Sacred Heart devotion. And I'm like Michelle, we we, marry, we wear many hats and um, we've been involved in a lot of different ministries together. So writing and speaking in the women's conference and really just, um, just, taking advantage of the the Holy Spirit, kind of the little tug on your heart and heading in different directions for, for the Lord and, and promoting his teachings and his way. And Michelle and I, um, we met back in college, so we've known each other for quite a time. Yes. Over wow. 20 plus. Wonderful. So have you, have you been working together since the beginning <laughs> or is that a, a recent development? Well, we've always worked on projects together. Um, I actually met Emily's, um, I met my husband at Emily's wedding. So we We went to Franciscan University of Steubenville and we graduated. And when Emily got married, I came for my first trip to Columbus, Ohio and met um, my husband actually at the after party because Emily had, he had been helping Emily and her brother, who's a friend of my husband's with the programs and getting some things together for the wedding. And Emily jokingly told him, we're going to find you a good Catholic wife, Matt. And we <laughs> out and we met at their wedding. We got engaged one year later on Emily and John's first anniversary and married six months later. So I then um, moved to Columbus and Emily was back in Columbus then shortly after I was. And we started doing um, my first project. Really, we worked at Bethesda Healing Ministry, which is a post-abortion healing ministry. We're on the board of directors of that. And then we started doing some Bible study groups together. And we started doing some work with the inner city run the race program. So we just were doing all these little different 
projects together. But then when our Catholic Women's Conference uh, started here in Columbus 12 years ago, uh, we got involved. And that's been such a great um, organization to to be a part of and to help really lead our diocese uh, through this amazing day. Well, and it was really fun, Amber, because God really got our attention when we actually had babies on the same day. So I was going to mention that. I remember reading that in the book, and it was at the same hospital, right? Yes. We have one, you know, it was wonderful. We shared the same OB doctor that was pro-life and Catholic, and um, it was my sixth baby, her third baby, and she um, was induced early, three weeks early. And honestly, I had such holy envy. I was laying in bed that night, like, I wish it was me. I wish it was me. And then at like three in the morning, I went into labor. So I just um, followed where I knew she was. And there was my OB doctor sitting there. And um, he was able to deliver my baby. And we spent the next day just, you know, holding our young infants and thanking God for this experience. And, you know, looking back, it was really an amazing moment to show us the importance of friendship and our Catholic faith and really um, these little gifts, these little moments the Lord gives us to get our attention. Hmm, That's so neat. And it it was on National Friendship Day, is that right? Or International Friendship Day, something like that? I had no idea until we started writing the Friendship Project book. We were looking through all those, you know, those national days and June 8th, is our little birthday buddies uh, day. And that is National Best Friends Day. So we thought Oh, sign from God that, you know, we were on the right track writing on friendship. I love that. So um, what what prompted you to write this book? Was it um, something that you had always kind of had in the back of your mind? Well, I think our first book was Divine Mercy for Moms. And um, I love your podcast title with including diapers, right? So we really really knew that we felt called. I had been involved in women's ministry through a radio program for a number of years. And we both felt called to really help moms with their vocation and seeing value in what they were doing and tying it in to the works of mercy and tying it into um, divine mercy. So it was like a three-pillared you know, um, approach to motherhood towards this book. And yet when we were going out speaking, we realized that a lot of times women were most interested in the topic of friendship, spiritual friendship, you know, Mm. being, you know, opening their hearts up as we would travel about their loneliness or how that now that they were a mom, they really are struggling to find friends or now that they were Christian or, you know, came back to the faith. they, They just felt like, how do I cultivate a friendship you know, like you and Michelle have. And and that was something that was very eye-opening. And, and really looking at the culture, it, it's it's a very important topic, especially has the technology boom has, has influenced relationships so much. We've never been so connected. And yet many of us are very lonely. And we both went to, you know, we went to Franciscan University and we were a part of a household system there. And that is really, you know, a kind of a spiritual sorority. But when we graduated, you know, we had looked for that in our adult lives and we were able to build that here in Columbus. And we had that example from our time at Franciscan. So we wanted women to be able to build that type of thing in their own communities and build these spiritual friendships. We had been doing so many Bible studies and women's studies over the years and had this 
great group of women that really supported each other. And we found that was such an important thing to have in our lives. And we wanted other women to be able to have that too. So that was another reason we made the Friendship Project not only a book, but it is a group study. We included the questions right in the back. So it's free. And we also did videos right online that people can stream for free because we know women and moms, they don't have a lot of money to spend on themselves. So we wanted them to be able to experience this together to be able to really build up these friendships. Mm, That's so neat. So I've had a chance to read your book and I have really loved it. And something I love about the way that it's laid out is that there are saints, um, you know, pairs of saints that you kind of draw on throughout the book. And, um, I, I love the saints you chose so many of them. I actually didn't know anything about, um, like there's, um, a chapter about the relationship between uh, St. Therese and her sister. Is it Leonie or Leone? Leone, yes. Yeah. And um, so what went into choosing the saints that you were reflecting on for the book? Well, initially, you know, we got a good litany of the saints and we were looking at these beautiful, you know, traditional saint friendships, you know, such as St. Francis, St. Clair, you know, what saints were friends, what saints were related but Benedict and Scholastica. And and yet we realized um, when we put the list together, most of them were a male-female compatibility friendship. And um, our really our publisher challenged us to, you know, if we're going to put out a woman's book, why don't you find women that were friends and both mm-hmm. canonized as either blessed or a saint? And it was such a great challenge. It, it really you know, we revamped how we approached that section of the book and we started digging and we found that all four female doctor women in the church were all had a significant best friend and how important that is for us women to not think that we're alone in our spiritual journey, our our path to holiness, that we really are called to hold our sister's hands as we, you know, climb that ladder. It was very, it was a, it was a big moment for both of us. Hmm. That's beautiful. And you're right. I do tend to hear more about um, like male female friendships, like you mentioned Benedict and Scholastica. So that is so neat that you focus on um, female friendships, mostly in the book. And then I I know you have some other saints kind of tossed in there as well, which I appreciated. Um, Probably my favorite part of the book is the way that uh, at the end of the chapters, you have these um, little segments called... uh, friendship and progress, um, with just kind of like numbered bullet points, things that you can do, uh, to help develop and deepen your friendships. Um, and I think they're my favorite part because they're so practical. (laughs) I think a lot of times we read really great things about friendship, but then it's like, okay, so (laughs) how do I put this into practice? So was that something you intentionally wanted in the book was, you know, those practicals. Yes. And when we did our first book, Divine Mercy for Moms, we really felt like we wrote a very practical piece of spirituality for women. So we felt this was also very important for this book to have that practical aspect for women to look at the end, you know, to read this concept, to understand, you know, this virtue we're talking about in each chapter, look at these saints, and then to take this forward into their lives and and be able to really start to deepen and develop their relationships and their friendships and giving them very concrete, simple things to do, including um, prayers. We wrote a prayer for each chapter, and it just really focused on that virtue and calling the Holy Spirit into our lives. So everybody could always do at least the prayer at the end of the chapter. 
And we found that like a lot of times, even in our own life, just looking at those tiny little examples of the way somebody role modeled friendship or, you know, how they role modeled as we talked about the virtues in each chapter and what an impact that actually had on us. So um, one of, you know, as you mentioned, these deepening and developing ideas of friendship, you know, one being Friendship Friday, um, that, that's been very significant in my own life. Like how much am I praying for my friends? How much am I connecting with other friends, friends, current friends, you know, friends from the past? So Friday is a day of really connecting with other women and developing those friendships. So I love that we're meeting on a Friday, you, Amber, for the first time, and hopefully, you know, we'll meet in person. But this is how it plays out is making yourself vulnerable to friendship. We live in a culture where we're so engrossed in our work or our jobs or our vocation as motherhood, or even our, our Pinterest on our phone that we might miss a real concrete opportunity for developing friendships. So that's that's one theme I really do try to implement. I try to implement all of them, but that that was a life changer for me. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Do you have um, other practical things that you have found that has um, made you more attentive to just like those around you? Um, like you mentioned how it's easy to, you know, get so engrossed in my personal life as a mom or my phone or what I'm doing or my kids that um, sometimes I like don't even look up and like see the community and people around me. Have you found other um, practical things that have that have helped with that? Well, really, as we mentioned, you know, being involved in the Catholic Women's Conference has been huge for both of us because not only um, are we volunteering for this organization, but we're developing these fantastic faith-filled friendships. Some of the women that join our conference team are people that I knew before, but many of them have come from a parish and they volunteered maybe as a parish representative to promote the conference at their parish. And then they've enjoyed it so much that they've joined our leadership team or joined our board. So all these women I'm meeting that I wouldn't normally right have met because they don't go to my parish, they don't live really even close to me, but we get together to put on this amazing diocesan-wide, really statewide event. And that has been a great way to, to meet new people and to keep me focused on the, you know, the greater community and the greater needs of the community. Mm, that's really neat. Um, there's a story you tell, Michelle, at the beginning of uh, chapter three, where your your friend is um, caring for you in a really simple and beautiful way <laughs> during a time when she didn't even know that you needed help. And it was through um, offering a meal. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience and um, what that showed you? Sure. That's my the Puerto Rican pork and rice story with my friend Maria. And Maria actually went to college also with Emily and I. So we've been all been friends for many times. Actually, Emily's been friends with Maria since kindergarten. And we have always, you know, kept kept up our friendship. And it was just really one random day she had sent me a text message. Um, could you use some extra Puerto Rican pork and rice? I made too much and I don't want to have to throw it out. And she, Maria is also a friend of my husband's growing up. She knew he really liked that ethnic food. And she had no idea that I had been going through a really terrible miscarriage. So I had been literally the ground beef was still frozen on the on the counter. And I was supposed to take my daughter down to soccer practice, which was down by Maria's house. So I didn't tell her anything, but I said, I would love it. And I'll be down in 15 minutes to pick it up. 
And when I, you know, went there to pick it up, I enrolled on the window and I told her the, the whole story and she gave me the meal and she said, you know, it must have been the Holy Spirit, right? Because she said later, I didn't sit around that morning and say, Lord, please help me be a friend of charity. But she said, but what I do do every day is pray this prayer by Cardinal Mercier. It's called the prayer to the Holy Spirit. And really it's just asking the Holy Spirit to show you what I'm supposed to do this day. How am I supposed to serve my friends and my family and to give you those nudges. And and that's what, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you need to develop that learning and hearing the Holy Spirit and then be able to actually act on what the Holy Spirit is actually asking you to do because she probably thought, my friend might kind of think I'm weird asking her if I want my leftover dinner or she might be offended. <laughs> but really it was it was such a huge blessing and it was something, of, you know, a very special moment in our friendship. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. I And I, I love that it wasn't something that was specifically planned either because sometimes I think, oh, it'd be good if I could plan something to you know, help out this particular person. But in this case, it wasn't even something that she had, you know, planned ahead of time. And it was just, like you said, the Holy Spirit working. I think that's, that's really beautiful. Well, I also wanted to share that a lot of times Michelle and I, through After Divine Mercy for Moms and the Friendship Project, you know, we team up and do a work of mercy together. And Mm. I found that when my kids were all little, it is overwhelming to to like get outside of your own home, you know, Hmm. you're having a hard time even getting dinner on your own table, nevertheless, thinking of somebody else, you know, that's a really big transition point. And so a lot of times Michelle will, you know, if somebody passes away, she'll say, I'll get the mask card, you know, let's split it or Hmm. we'll split a meal. Let's get a gift card. Let's split it. And you know what? I Finding those, you know, those, what do we call it? I forget. Um, mercy partner. Mercy partner. I couldn't remember mm. what we called it. But just finding someone to team up with and then hold you accountable to doing those works of mercy for your friends. Um, you know, we, we've heard multiple stories of women who've gone through cancer or surgery or big moments, you know, in their life and there aren't people there to support them. And that's, that's heartbreaking to hear that. So I think, you know, the Friendship Project and Divine Mercy for Moms both, you know, give you a lot of these practical ideas of how to just follow the Holy Spirit and even, you know, get that team, that support together to be able to accomplish what you're really striving to do and that be the hands and be the hands and feet of Christ. Mm, that's beautiful. I really love that you mentioned that because um Myself, I'm in this stage right now. I have a, a four-year-old and a, a two-year-old, and I'm pregnant right now. And I know a lot of a lot of the moms listening um, also are in this stage of having just like a lot of little ones around, and it can feel overwhelming. Um, like you said, I'm just trying to get dinner on my own table for my kids. It's hard for me to think about, um, you know, a work of mercy for someone else. But I love that idea of teaming up with someone, um, and that helps it feel. Right. Like you don't right. a lot of time. And for me, having a big family, like a lot of times would think, oh, I can't bring a, a meal, you know, to the whole Jaminette family. And I, a big family would never expect that, you know, like even just drop off a you know loaf of banana bread. I'm sorry that your you know husband's going through chemo right now. Just those little tiny acts actually aren't only great works of mercy, but they're great little seeds for spiritual friendship for, and, and the, that other person that receives that little act, whatever that is, it is so forever grateful in that moment. And I'm sure you know that Amber being pregnant with your third, like anything somebody does to 
lighten your load or think of you as it's just, you remember it and it, it's transformative. Hmm. Yeah. And one thing we, you know, we talk about too is really spending time with your friends. So you might not be able to make a meal, but maybe you're home during the day with your friend and with your children and you can invite your friend over just for a cup of tea, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a big spread. Just say, you know, I know you're going through a tough time. You know, would you like to come for tea or stop over with, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but really that time invested in your friendships is really important. And I think sometimes people are more lonely than even needing, you know, a new mom with a new baby might be really, really lonely. She might be able to order in dinner, but she can't order in a friend. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I love that so much. I think about the times in my life when I have kind of felt that loneliness. And when someone reaches out and says, Hey, do you want to just come over for a cup of coffee? And it's like, they're in the same stage of life I'm in where it's craziness around the house. They have little ones running running around, but they welcomed me into that chaos. And that meant so much to me that I could, um, that I could be a part, part of that. And it, it, I did feel like, you know, their friend at that moment, they, they opened up their home to me and just invited me over for an hour to have, to have a coffee. So I'm glad you brought that up. And Emily, there's a story in the book that you tell that I wanted to bring up as well, because I think it will uh, resonate with a lot of listeners. I know it resonated with me. And that's a time when you were feeling um, really overwhelmed with, I think, uh, six children at the time who you said literally needed you day and night. (laughs) And you began like turning down coffee with girlfriends and skipping your Bible study so that you could just kind of keep up with things around the house. And um and I think you were homeschooling at the time. And um, you said something that that really resonated with me. And it was, I was slipping into my own version of motherhood instead of what God wanted for me. And um, I think so many of us can relate to that feeling of overwhelm and just like giving up, um, kind of like, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> I'm crazy and busy and unhappy and Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that time for you and kind of getting out of that? Sure. One of the virtues that Michelle and I both felt was really important is the virtue of prudence. So prudence is, you know, simply smart living. It's figuring out what is God's will in your life. And, um, you you can't say my friend was not prudent. (laughs) That's That's a really personal thing, deciding what is prudence in your life. So I really did share and make myself vulnerable of, about this moment when I had six children at home and I was homeschooling at the time. My oldest was in seventh grade and it was really overwhelming. I would say I built my own walls of isolation as I was trying to fit this version of what was in my head, what a mother, a Catholic mother looked like. And, you know, even my husband was like, Emily, I really think you need to reconsider, you know, what you're doing. And I just was very determined to do it my way. And, and as a result, it was a slippery slope of just not, not having the joy, you know, not having the, even feeling like I had the life skills to w- do everything I needed to do. So part of this, this stage was just recentering um, myself on Christ and putting my eyes back on him and saying, all right, I'm no longer in control. You get to run this ship. You get to do everything you want to do with this family. And um, when I talked about really my version of motherhood, I also think about what the world is telling moms, you know, what they're, what, what it means to be a mom, you know, the perfect house, the Pinterest perfect, you know, and we, Michelle and I talk about that a lot, Pinterest perfect, all the pressure 
we put on ourselves. So by just being open to the Lord and letting him make those changes. And, you know, I'm celebrating about five years from that moment. And I remember each day, I remember the day I put the kids in school. I remember the day that I, I really regave, I gave Christ my motherhood. And um, that was a big, a big moment. And, you know, everyone's, they all appreciate those years. They love those years of homeschooling, but they also um, appreciate where we are now. So prudence is such a great virtue to evaluate how to make a prudent decision. And we talk in that chapter about St. Thomas Aquinas, and he gives us a formula for making a decision. You know, that formula first, you, you know, gather information, you know? So for me, and in the video series, I interviewed the deacon that kept inviting my kids to the local Catholic school, inviting us to join them. And I, I never toured, I never followed up. So that first stage of just following up and going and, and getting as much information as you can, even evaluating if you can, um, you know, afford something. Second stage is making a smart judgment. So seeking out counsel, you know, talking to other people that you trust that are well-formed, that are from your same morals and values, you know, get their advice. And the third stage is really most important is that once you've prayed, once you've gathered information, once you've sought out counsel, is you actually make a decision and you move forward. And I found that each one of us struggles with one part of that formula. Some of us mm. you know, can't make a decision for the life of us. And others of us, like myself, might jump in with two feet into something and not really look at the long-term um, impact it might have. So that formula from St. Thomas, and we do have that right in the book, um, is was really transformative. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up because it was kind of hard to write about it, but I know it's really helped other women. And we all have those moments where we might feel like we're stepping backwards to move forward, but um, it was really a blessing. Hi friends, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Annunciation Designs. One of my favorite little Catholic shops on the internet, Annunciation Designs is helping you call to mind the sacred in the midst of the ordinary. With everything from tea towels with saint quotes to personalized family mission statements, these beautifully hand-lettered pieces are sure to turn your hearts towards God, even when you're making dinner or playing with your kiddos in the living room. And be sure to check out Annunciation Designs' latest project, The Wanderlust Catholic, a subscription to a monthly letter exploring a Catholic treasure. Travel along with Bona Therese as she walks the Camino de Santiago, visits Rome, connects with St. Therese in Lisieux, and more. Fun for the family and beautifully hand-lettered and illustrated, each month's letter will be cherished. If your kids love stories as much as mine do, these letters from character Bona Therese are bound to be a hit as you take a pilgrimage each month in your living room. Sign up for just $6 a month at AnnunciationDesigns.com slash Catholic and use the coupon code DIAPERS15 for 15% off your first three months. That's AnnunciationDesigns.com or check out the link in today's show notes. You know, throughout the book, as you mentioned, you you focus on these different virtues. Um, something you said at the beginning of the book, though, really struck me. <laughs> and that was that um, you say we must ask ourselves with whom does God want us to be friends? God is not calling us to have a deep and close-knit friendship with everyone. And I think sometimes we can fall into maybe one extreme or the other. And um, 
for me, I think I have a tendency where if I um, meet someone, I feel like, okay, let's jump into this really deep, intentional friendship. But um, I thought that was an important point that, you know, God's not asking us to have those kind of friendships with everyone, but those friendships are important. They're essential. Um, so I, I guess I, I would love to hear from you for, for moms who are in that place of just kind of loneliness. Maybe they don't feel like they have those um, deep intentional friendships. They just maybe have, you know, a lot of acquaintances or, or maybe they don't feel like they even have that. Do you have any uh, first steps or um, practical things um, that they could just kind of shoot for? Sure. And, you know, when you talk about these different types of friendships, we talk about really the study of of friendship in the beginning of the book. And and believe it or not, that friendship has been studied since ancient times. And uh, Aristotle even wrote about friendship. And he kind of categorizes our friendships. And he first kind of puts the first category, and that is uh, friendship of utility. And that's when you're getting a really a good or a service. You're, you know, you, you know, the grocery store clerk, the lady at the post office, you know, people you're getting your nails done with. Emily shares a story at the beginning of the book about getting the nail tech and the woman sitting next to her. So we have these, right, these people we're in contact with, but those are really that kind of a shallow type of friendship. And then we move forward to um, having then time to friendships of pleasure. So these are friendships of of people who we do fun things with. Maybe you you play tennis, or maybe you work out with a friend, or maybe you you know like to do a book club or something. So people you're just kind of acquaintance with, but then you really go into these friendships of virtue, and those are people who are really helping you to be the best person that you can be, and to learn um, to grow in your relationship and to be a good person. And these type of friendships, they're kind of few and far between because they take a lot of time and investment. And, you know, as we are in busy, you know, busy times of life, uh, it's hard to have all that time to invest in in these type of friendships. And then, of course, you know, Aristotle was, you know, in the pre-Christian era, we now have spiritual friendships. And we can have, I feel, a lot of spiritual friends. You know, you could have a lot of friends from church, a lot of friends that you can, you know, be in your Bible study group and that type of thing. But you're really going to only have just a handful of people that you can, you're going to really grow very close to and really connect with. Because just because somebody is Catholic or me and love the faith, there's, there's not always something that's going to click in that, in that friendship, right? And, And not everybody you're designed to be a best friend with every person just because you meet them at church or at a Bible study. But those are good places for you to meet other women, to have these, even starting these type of spiritual friendships, you know, joining a Bible study at your parish, joining a mom's group at your parish, uh, going to volunteer for us, like at our Catholic Women's Conference, um, other women's ministry, you meet even any type of work of mercy you can volunteer at your church at, that you will meet other women. And there's so many opportunities. We feel like that you can do this when you have children. And I think sometimes women feel like, well, I have kids and I can't do anything, right? Like I have to only focus on my family. And I remember when I was asked to be part of the board of the First Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, the time my two children were three and one. And I thought, I can't even get out of the house for two hours. How am I going to get out of the house 
for a mm-hmm. whole day to go to a conference. And then the next thing I knew, I found out I was on the board of directors. So I was going to meetings every month and I was doing all this planning and meeting with the, the director all the time. And we really grew into this really deep and meaningful friendship because of this work that we were doing together that was so important. Mm. I love that. That's great. Um, so uh, you mentioned this already, but there is um, a beautiful study guide at the end of the book, um, which I love. So I think this book would be excellent for a women's group, for a women's group. And um, the other book you mentioned, Divine Mercy for Moms, um, does that have a study guide as well at the back? Yeah, they both do. So there's okay. a, Michelle and I were in the same phase sharing group for a number of years. And it's really funny, Amber, because a lot of times I would show up to Bible study. I hadn't done the homework. I was just so happy to get out of the house, you know, and I knew I had <laughs> two hours with my girlfriends to, you know, have this experience. And my dear friend, Michelle would sit next to me and she had all the answers. She always had all the answers filled out and she had done the prep work. So one of the things that make our book, I believe special is that we try to meet both types of women where they're at in that group study and recognize that they're both there and they're both seeking a meaningful exchange and where they're both wanting to come home filled. So um, all of these, you know, these gatherings that we encourage them to do with um, faith sharing groups is we encourage them to share, you know, to pray together, to share their intentions, you know, how important it is to have people go around and open up what's on their heart. And over the years, Michelle and I, I, I think that that's where friendships really um, blossomed, hearing not only the joys, but also the trials. Um, one women's group told me that they do the thorns and roses, you know, of the week, you know, what were the good moments? What were the tough moments? And, you know, bringing that all to the Lord and then answering the questions, the study questions, which we, um, we did a big pilot group of 30 women that didn't know each other, barely knew each other, you know, around our diocese. And we said, okay, we're writing a book and we want you to come and pilot this out and see what you think. And, would other women even like this book? You know, did you like this book? And um, it was really fun to go through something that we had written. And then at the end to see the, the gift of friendship blossoming week after week and, and people sharing and how, um, you know, one of the things that's really important to Michelle and I, we both are in happy marriages and we love our husbands, but you know, we don't want to create an environment where it's husband bashing, you know, <laughs> sometimes that's something that's really important to us as Catholic women is that we provide materials and, and really a setting in which elevates everyone in the room to see God's hand, no matter, you know, what your trials are. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And, um, I love the Diary of St. Faustina. That's probably one of my favorite spiritual reads. So I think I might have to pick up um, Divine Mercy for Moms. That'll be my my next read. <laughs> um, so if people are interested in um, either of your books or are interested in connecting with you, uh, maybe learning more about the Columbus Women's Conference, uh, do you have a, a place, a website you send people to? Or are there a couple places you'd recommend checking out? Sure. Well, our all our Friendship Project book information is available at thefriendshipprojectbook.com. And also you can go to our everything about Divine Mercy for Moms is at divinemercyformoms.com. Um, our women's conference information is at columbuscatholicwomen.com. So right now everything's kind of separate, but we're actually working on a, a new site to get everything under one umbrella. And uh, we're also 
launching a third book. We actually just this morning turned in the first round of edits. Um, it's a compilation piece of 11 different women who shared on their impact, the impact of St. Faustina on their spirituality. So it's really been a gift to work on and um, some just very heartfelt stories of uh, women who who have been touched and how this saint really um, brought amazing things through her intercession into, into their lives. So we're working with the Marians on this project in of Marians of the Immaculate Conception in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, where the National Shrine of Divine Mercy is. And we're also putting together a study. So we just turned in the study guide questions this morning, and um, they're going to be doing some video pieces to it. So we're really excited about that new project. So exciting. When is, when are, when is that expected to come out? Uh, right now we're looking at the Feast of St. Faustina next year, so October 5th. Oh, exciting. Oh, my goodness. I'll, I will look forward to that one. That'll be great. Um, so a few more questions for you. I would love to hear how, um, how both of you have seen the Lord at work in your life the last year. What a great question. Um, I think that one of the biggest changes I've made in this last year is being very intentional with how I start my day and really starting it with quiet prayer. Um, it's really been life changing, especially a lot of times in Divine Mercy for Moms and the Friendship Project. I, both, I wrote in both pieces how I felt like as a mom, I never had time to pray. And it always felt like I was just so busy and there so many demands. And um, getting up early when the house is still asleep and just spending time with the Lord has really been transformative. So that's I see his hand playing out. And even with my new position working on um, with the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, I, I know I wouldn't have seen that opportunity um, really unfold without that quiet contemplative prayer. And that prayer is what fuels our, our apostolic works and in what we do. And really this, you know, this last work of ours, it was, it was kind of funny because we were approached by the Marians to write it last summer. So a little over a year ago, and I had just accepted um, a job as going back to work full time as a school nurse. And I thought to myself, there is no way this is going to happen. I said, I, I yeah. mean, I'm going back to work full time. You know, I'm still doing the conference and we still have plenty of speaking and other writing projects we're always working on. I said, there's no way I can put, pull together this book. But we, you know, Emily and I said that St. Faustina, she tapped us on the shoulder to write Divine Mercy for Moms. And she really also wanted this piece done because all the pieces just fell into place when I asked, every woman we asked to be part was, was delighted to write a chapter for the book. And we were able to really pull it together um, very quickly. And when we brought the idea of doing a study together with the Marians, like all these pieces just fell into place. And it's really a beautiful tribute to this amazing saint and the really, you know, how God is working in all of our lives. So it's been such a gift when you see these something come together like that, that you think there's just no way I, I have that time or really, you know, editing really isn't um, our strong point and really writing isn't our, you know, both of us have degrees in other things. I you know I have a nursing degree. Emily has a mental health degree. This is you not our, we don't have English degrees. So to put together a piece and then edit it, um, was a new challenge for us, but if everything came through that we did all of our our writing over Christmas break, I was able to do, and then all the contributors wrote it in the spring, and then I had the summer to work on the editing, and we ended up. I have a 
my husband ended up having a cousin who is an editor who helped us and another contributor ended up really stepping in and, and helping us. So it's been such a beautiful thing. And to see these little friendships grow uh, during this whole process, because some of the women we knew well that contributed and some of them were, um, you know, we had just really met because of Divine Mercy for Moms and their ministry mm-hmm. work. So we really grew with these new friendships. And I'll ask actually all your listeners to um, say a little prayer, even though I know this will run a little bit later, but you probably remember that we had the hurricane a few weeks ago, Hurricane Michael. And one of our contributors um, who wrote a beautiful chapter on surrender and trust, and she really lost her home and then their parish was also destroyed and their music ministers. So both of their jobs and every their home and their children's school, everything has been really, really damaged and destroyed. So they're, you know, in the process of, you know, cleaning everything out now and, and rebuilding. And um, our friend Lori also just released a book with her daughter today, um, a journal, a mother-daughter journal. And so it's been a lot of things going on in their plate. So it's been wow. neat to be, you know, part of their journey, even through this difficult time to, to be with them in, in this way, in a special way. I just wanted to share real quick, Amber, that God, you know, he gives us these little confirmations um, when we, you know, slow down enough to see to see his hand in our life. And Michelle and I on the Feast of St. Faustina this year received um, an alumni award from Franciscan University of Steubenville for our Christian service. So to, you know, to have that award given to us on her feast day, I, I, I mean, that is such a God incident. I can't think of anything, you know, for two moms to be honored <laughs> like that was just, was really touching. And it really showed us that one of the things we like to tell the women we work with and when we speak is, you know, dream big for God. You know, if you have something brewing in your heart, you know, even I'm sure this podcast and all these different ways to minister to other women in the culture, you know, reach out and do it, you know, pursue those goals a little bit at a time, even though your family needs you. And, but um, we just live in an opportunity. We live in an age with so many opportunities and um, that confirmation for us, I, I will never I know she probably feels the same way. I'll never forget um, when Michelle's like, it's St. Faustina's feast day today. And uh, it, was, yeah. it was really special. Wow, that's really neat. I love that. And I I love that neither of you um, have a, a degree in, in writing or English either and how this isn't something, um, you know, these books aren't something that you were planning on doing or that you envisioned yourself doing like when you were in school and choosing your degree and kind of the direction of, of where your life was headed and how just attentive you were to, you know, the promptings of the Holy Spirit and, um, how you said, you know, uh, it was like St. Faustina was just kind of tapping on your, tapping on your shoulder to, to write those, uh, the first book, Divine Mercy for Moms. And, um, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's such an encouragement to moms who, maybe are in a place where they feel like the Lord is putting something on their heart, but they don't feel like they have the training or the experience for it just to be, to be open to it and to, um, ask the Lord and to discern, you know, with prudence, if it's, if it's something that he's, he's calling them to pursue. And, um, anyways, I think that's just a a beautiful testament to, um, to both of you just being sensitive to the promptings of the spirit. So that's really neat. 
Um, my next question for you is what are your favorite parts of your homes and why? Well, for me, we probably live in our kitchen, dining room, living room. It's all one big, great room. And that's probably where we spend like 95% of the time we're home. And so of all of our house, you know, it's probably, you know, 800 square feet. And that's where everybody is at all the time. So it's kind of neat. When we moved into our home, we took out a wall because we wanted this open area to be able to um, to be all together. So that is just really, you know, we only go upstairs to to sleep at night, and then everybody spends the rest of the time on, on the on the main floor, all all in one room. Mm, I love that. Um, so we've been in our house like for the last four years, and slowly, I I didn't know it was a house a fixer upper, but. We, uh, we just put in new floors this past year. And my favorite room is, um, it's a, our family room with a lot of windows. So I feel like I feel a little bit outside. I can see our patio right there. And we do spend a lot of time in that room and it has a gas fireplace. So the, especially this time of the year, I like to turn the lights down low in the evening and um, try to just enjoy some time with my children, especially um, ranging 19 to two, you know, put the little kids to bed and then, um, spend some time with the older kids. So that's neat. That's really special. Um, and then my next question is what have you been loving recently? So it could be a book or season product. Um, I will share, I'll, I'll share my favorite thing I've been loving is we've been doing, um, Sunday night s'mores. Oh, fun. (laughs) So my husband just put a simple fire pit in last, um, spring and I realized, especially having such a wide range of kids, I s'mores is so simple. Everybody likes mm-hmm. them. And then getting the kids, you know, to get away from Sunday night football and kind of come outside and sit with their mom. And, you know, really they do open up and talk. So the little ones um, make their s'mores and giggle and run around. And then, you know, I put them to bed and then I have the big ones that sit out and they've really opened their heart to me in a new way by doing this Sunday night s'mores. So my husband on Sunday nights is like, close down the house. I got to go to work. You know, like he's thinking about work, but I'm (laughs) like, honey, we're having some of the nicest conversations we've had with our older kids. And, um, and we also incorporate family intention and family prayers. We say the family rosary and it's, it's really special. So just being intentional on Sunday night about, um, you know, not letting the work week get to you, but creating just one little memory, one little moment, especially on Sundays, which is the Lord's Mm, Day. That's beautiful. Um, There's a book by uh, Sally Clarkson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she she wrote a book called The Life-Giving Home. And I'm reading it right now. She talks about that a lot in her book about those opportunities where... um, you know, it's, it's night and you want to get the kids to bed and you want to get to bed yourself or spend time with your husband, but it's really in those opportunities where you say, you know, where your kids are um, opening up and you're sharing family time together. Those are the moments that they're, they're going to remember, um, growing up and, uh, just being sensitive to that. Cause it can feel like, oh, you know, it's late and we have, you know, work and school the next day, but just realizing, no, this is, this is an important time for our family. So I love that you mentioned that. That's neat. Yeah. And we, I also mentioned a little bit earlier um, about Lori and she had our uh, friend Lori Ubowski and written a new mother-daughter journal. Yeah. And we, my family had just gotten ours last week and I met, it was intended to do with my tween, my, my 12, almost 13 year old, but my other two daughters are seven and four. 
and they want to be a part of it too. So we have started this journal and the, you know, the first thing is, you know, you have to guess all these things about your mom, her favorite color, her favorite outfit, her most embarrassing moment, you know, and all these little questions. And then they fill out the little answer and then the mom answers. And then the mom does one about each of the daughters. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these different activities that you do mother daughter together. So you read the story of Ruth and Naomi and you, and you talk about it and, and there's one coloring page and you doodle the scripture verse. So all three of my girls now have been every night being like, can we please do the journal? Can we please do the journal? I never imagined it would be this way because I thought it was definitely for an older um, girl, but just that they all want to, you know, snuggle up in bed with me and we just pick out, you know, just a couple pages at a time and start working on this. And I just see these little you know, it was kind of one of those things like, gosh, when you asked, you know, what was my daughter's most embarrassing moment? Or what does she really like about herself? And I wasn't quite sure of the answers. And I thought this is such a gift for me um, as a mom to like put everything else aside and to focus on these relationships. Because, you know, I realized as Emily has already gone through this, you know, once your kids get to high school, someone told me these are the lost years. Mm -hmm. They said, don't worry, you find them again. (laughs) But, you know, my my oldest is in high school this year and he He's off early to school in the morning and he gets home and then he's working. Um, he does, you know, he's playing sports and doing homework and there's not a lot of time um, spent with the family anymore. So to cherish these moments while they're, they want to be with you, it's it's been a true gift. Mm, that's neat. That that journal sounds amazing. I'll be sure to uh, link to it in the show notes because I'm sure listeners would be interested in checking it out. Um, do you do you feel like your four-year-old kind of grasps, grasps the content of it? Or um, is she kind of just kind of on the cusp there? Yeah, well, she definitely, you know, is along kind of for the ride. But okay, yeah, that you could, you know, really kind of simplify and and she just wants to be able to be part of things. And she wants to color, you know, like, yes, you can color and you can doodle and I can share a little story with you and, and these simple little things. So she wants to be with the big girls. And so it's been neat, even though the big girls are saying this isn't for you, Leah, this isn't for you. It's a big girl thing, but she wants to be like like the big girls, and I yeah. think that she can just kind of be part of you know be there with us, and and you know of course her answers are be very silly about what what you know mommy's favorite mm-hmm. color is obviously her favorite color, and but it's just a fun <laughs> little thing for her to be part. Of that is so sweet. Um, I I really love that. That's uh, such a neat thing, and to be doing it with. Um, you know, three of your daughters. That's so, that's so special. That's really neat that it's, um, it's turned into something for all of you. That's really special. Um, and then my last question for you two is, do you have any mom hacks to share or something that's making your life a little easier? Well, actually, I just wrote my first mom hack post. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, I'd love Catholic to hear it. mom. <laughs> I wrote a mom hack post on the Sacred Heart um, devotion because, um, Mary's feast day is also uh, in October. We just celebrated it. So that was kind of fun. And I mean, I think that the hacks are don't get overwhelmed by Pinterest. You know, sometimes you can look at all of that and and discover every single hack that's out there. But what I've most found and like what we're talking about is, you know, cultivate meaningful moments throughout your day. And, you know, really like the Blessed Mother, you know, spend a few minutes at the end of the day, cherishing that, remembering it reflecting on it, maybe even giggling on it or, but, um, you know, really enjoy those years of motherhood. And as Michelle said, it does go by fast, but 
Yes. So I did write my first mom hack on the Sacred Heart. <laughs> oh, neat. That's great. I'll have to check that out. That's really neat. Love it. Um, I did a post last year on organization and like really the things that really helped me to be organized, especially going back to work and just making things smooth for, you know, if you don't spend, you know, your weekend getting ready for the next week, you're going to have a, a rocky week. And this year I found is even, I, you know, I thought last year was busy going back to work, but this year adding in the high school piece and all the extra driving, like I am finding that I have to be ultra organized to the point I literally lay out my clothes for the entire week on Sunday night and have it hanging up in my bathroom. So everything is picked out because during the week I'm, I'm lucky sometimes if I get the dishes, like I think this morning <laughs> Dishes from, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So it was one of those weeks we had all this, all these things jam packed. My daughter is making her first communion this year. So we had our first communion potluck and all these things were added into our already busy schedule. So really like looking ahead and making is getting as much done pre-planned as possible because otherwise things start falling through the cracks. That's great. I love that. Um, I'll have to get the links to both of those posts and I'll put those in the show notes as well for, for people that want to check that out. So um, Michelle and Emily, thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting with me. I have just really enjoyed it and received so much. So thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking us, Amber, and God bless you and your listeners. And it's just really an honor to spend this time with you. And please join us for the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. It's February 16th, 2019. Yes. And I went last year and loved it. So um, I hope I can do it again this year. <laughs> and um, hopefully some, some listeners can join as well. That'd be great. Well, let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day and for our families and um, for our friendships, Lord. And we pray in a special way today for those moms who are struggling to find friends and build community. We pray, Lord, that you would show them um, other moms that they can reach out to to start forming those friendships. And um, for all our for all our current friends, Lord, that you would just help us to grow deeper in virtue with one another. And uh, Lord, we also lift up to you all those who um, have suffered loss in um, the recent hurricane, that you would be with them, Lord, and their families and uh, bring healing and, and peace and comfort. Um, we love you, Lord, and we offer this prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, friends. Two things I really loved in this chat with Michelle and Emily were the idea of mercy partners teaming up with a friend to do a work of mercy together, and the simple act of investing time in our friendships, maybe even implementing Friendship Fridays. I think these are two simple ways to start nurturing our current friendships or reaching out to new friends. If you would, please keep my family in your prayers this week as we are traveling to England for my husband's graduation. And as always, until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.